0: Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Millionaire, the official podcast for the number one affiliate
1: marketing channel on YouTube. With over 36 million views and counting, here are your hosts, ODI Productions and Kit
0: Fatch. All right, welcome back to another episode of Affiliate Marketing Millionaire Podcast. I'm Kit Fats, joined by your host, as always, ODI Productions. So today, it's gonna be really awesome. We're talking about seven different ways you can build $100,000 in passive income as a side hustle. So we're gonna talk about what each business model is actually like, how they work, what's the best choice for you, and just why you should be looking into getting a side hustle. So Odi, I just wanna ask you right off the bat, Why should people even be looking at starting a side hustle right now?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when I started a side hustle back in college, it was almost more of a kind of a fun project, but just, you know, using the internet, being a real nerd, reading about some people making money online through different methods. Now, it just wasn't as popular as it is today with on YouTube or TikTok, like everywhere you go, you see so many people making money with the internet and online. And it's definitely something that is such a wide open opportunity, but most people who are still subscribed to, you know, just the traditional path where your only income source is a job, you are at a huge disadvantage compared to people who are utilizing the internet, which I've always said is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter where you come from, if you know how to use the internet, then you're You know, you can scale something up even as a one person business and entrepreneur. You can do so much thanks to the distribution uh, channels and the business models that scale infinitely on the internet. So, you know, with everything happening in today's world, with looming recession, inflation, rising costs, job layoffs, you need to be in control of your life as much as possible. And that's something that I definitely, you know, at a young age, I had learned from reading all these books is that. You need to take control of your life, whether that be your health, whether that be wealth, whether that be your relationships. You need to be in the driver's seat. So, today we're talking about side hustles. And, you know, funny enough, affiliate marketing is not the first side hustle I ever tried. You know, I tried a different a few different things on the internet and the first one was selling beats online that taught me a lot about i guess you know basically digital products i was selling these mp3s essentially which were original beats compositions i had made in logic pro and i had to learn how to market myself i had to learn you know how to get a paypal account how to embed that button onto my website how to make a website how to market my beats on youtube with seo keyword optimization and through that you know, I had made my first dollar online. Then from there, I transitioned to freelancing with mixing and mastering services, which again, I had to learn how to offer these services through a website, um, allow people to send me their files, upload their files. I had to deliver the files. All of this was just through email. You can stitch this stuff together, to be honest, you know, if you're persistent. Uh, but again, everything I learned from selling beats, I applied to that and I was able to grow that. And then finally, affiliate marketing is the one business model that, basically where I separated my time from money and that was the one that I fell in love with. So we're gonna talk about these ideas of different business models, not just affiliate marketing today, but the first topic we should talk about is even why you should really start a side hustle, even if you have a high-paying job right now and you have a good job. And in my opinion, I think the best job in the world is to work at Google. Now, you can replace any of the big tech companies here for the most part. Google is my personal preference. If I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I think I would like to work at Google. And you know, there's so many reports that say Google is the best workplace in the world and they have great culture. There's movies about it, like The Intern. And so basically, you know, even with Google, though, there's so many examples online. One example is a YouTuber named Tech Lead. He's a little controversial in the YouTube space, but he is an ex Google, ex Facebook slash meta tech lead, something many people aspire to, software engineers. And the thing is, he even has a video and it has such good advice that says, you know, you shouldn't try to get promoted too much at Google because the basically, the cost and the benefit of being promoted and having more responsibility, more stress, working more hours, like let's say 60 hours a week as opposed to just 40 or 35 or 30 when you're entry level, it's just not worth it. Yes, you get paid maybe an extra $100,000 a year, but you're working almost twice as much. So you know the value just doesn't compute. And he said it's just much better to create a side hustle or a business, which is what he did. And I'm assuming because of the fruits of that, you know, re- that labor, he is telling other people, hey, you should just do something on your own. And if he is an ex Google, you know, high level, I think, past a staff engineer, if he's saying that, then I think that that's probably true of every job you could imagine. Um, and to add some data to that, you know, the average tenure per employee at Google is only 1.3 years, according to resume.io. So, barely over a year. Now, what do they do after that? They leave to join a startup or create their own startup or create a business. They get recruited to other tech companies for higher compensation. They take a break. They travel the world or they transition to fully remote jobs, especially because of the pandemic. And the pandemic has changed our sort of framework of what is work you know, is work something where you have to commute one or two hours a day to an office that you have to be surrounded by coworkers, be distracted all the time, you know, and maybe not get as much done as you would at home is work something that takes up 80% of your life. You don't have time for your friends, your kids, your family, you know, you don't get to see your kids grow up and don't get to hang out with your pet and your significant other as much. So the pandemic, the blessing is that it showed us you can be productive at home and most people prefer to work at home. That's why they're quitting these big companies, even if they're not going to be getting paid as much as they would have, because the you know even these big tech companies are demanding they go back to the office now, that things are back to you know quote unquote normal. So in terms of a side hustle, the way I see about it is that no matter what job you work and even if you're happy with your job, if you only have one income source, that is something that is not very you know, you shouldn't rely on because you're not totally safe. It's not in your control. You could be laid off. And at the end of the day, you know, you're subject to so many sort of macro conditions in the economy, in the market. So starting a side hustle, learning how to make money online with different business models, and you can combine any of these, which we'll get into, I think that that is why, you know, people should be learning how to utilize the internet today. And if you're listening to this, that's obviously the journey you're on. And I think that you know, you're you lucky if you're one of those people who's like, okay, you know, this internet thing, it's here to stay, obviously. So how can I use it to work for me rather than me just being a consumer scrolling through Instagram, not getting paid for that. Instead, I'm giving them my time, energy, and money when I should be getting time, energy, and money back thanks to the internet who can do the heavy lifting for me.
0: Yeah, and I just think you know, keeping in mind like the life that you wanna you wanna build, the people who have the most are most able to do that are people who build something for themselves. It's much easier to make money for yourself. Once you figure out just how to make a little, it's much easier to scale that up than it is at a job. To go, okay, let me scale my. If you're making fifty thousand dollars at a job and you say, let me scale that to a hundred thousand, that's really hard. You have to get a whole new position. That's a huge jump in salary. But your own business, if you're making $50,000 a year from your own business, scaling that to 100,000, 200,000
1: is way easier. Yeah, you're in control, you're in the driver's seat. And now the flip side of that is you could lose money or not make any money. But at the very least, you can learn something. You can learn a skill while you're trying and failing to create a business. You actually learn way more than the person who never tried, who decided to play it safe, who decided to stick to the conservative 2 to 4% annual raise. And sometimes you don't even get that raise. You get the performance review. You have a bad boss that doesn't like you and you're dealing with Upper management, which is the number one reason most people quit a job, is you know being disgruntled with upper management. I think a lot of people can you know sort of agree or understand this. Then you know you're, it's just a losing proposition versus being in the driver's seat, getting to control and almost dictate your income. Like there's no salary cap here. You get to choose how much you make. Now on the flip side, you could make nothing. You could even go into debt, and that's the point of you know creating a business. But Honestly, the position I have today in 2022, it's never been easier to start a business. And honestly, like there's so many tools to help you and there's so much resources and information. And I mentioned this in the previous episode, but I think the problem now is maybe analysis paralysis. If you're like me, you're kind of a perfectionist, like you need to know how everything's going to work before you even take the first step. You're in a bad spot because now there's just too much to learn that you're going to end up. Reading all these tutorials, watching all these videos, feeling good like oh hey I learned something today. Do nothing and realize that you haven't really moved anywhere. You know you're you're in the same spot that your buddy who knows nothing about the internet, nothing about how make money online works. You're in the same spot as that person who's just watching you know binge watching Netflix, playing video games, and couldn't care less about the internet or you know starting a business because most people are not wired like that. Uh, But today I am seeing more and more and more people start up enterprises of all different sorts, you know, all different types of side hustles, all different marketplace websites we're going to talk about. Uh, but yeah, you know, with that said, That actually brings us to our sponsor for today's episode. If you're building a website, an affiliate website in 2022, you don't wanna be wasting time on things like web design and development and technical SEO and page load and all that stuff, especially if you don't know how to do those things. So instead, you can use JetPage, the brand new website builder that lets you have a made-for-SEO affiliate website in minutes. If you've been frustrated by finding out about all these easy website builders before, but they actually require a ton of work to set up, I know because I used to teach WordPress, then you can try JetPage and see how easy it is to get an affiliate website in seconds so you can immediately start writing content, which is the most important part of any affiliate business. And if you're wasting time on all these maintenance level things, you're not actually building your business. I hate to break it to you. So you can try JetPage for free for 14 days, no credit card required, and learn how JetPage stacks up against other website builders by going to jetpage.co or simply Googling jet page now back to our episode
0: all right so i think before we get into sort of the different side hustles there are just real quick just want to touch on what you want from a side hustle because you know i think there's some people who still maybe go hey i'm doing i've known people like this. Hey, i'm doing a side hustle i'm gonna drive for uber or lyft but you know maybe you could tell us why those aren't really a great side hustle to pursue
1: yeah, so you know when people think of side hustle, they may think of things like that like food delivery, right? But at the end of the day, you want to be working on something that has the upside where you're building real skills. Not to say that you know you aren't building skills when you're doing that kind of gig economy type stuff, but at the end of the day, you want to be working towards some level of freedom. You could be the number one Uber driver in the world, but there's not much time freedom and location freedom Uh, you know, you're not separating it from your money. You want to find businesses where you separate your time from money, like creating something where it can be distributed 24-7 without you having to lift a finger via something like email, um, online. So like, I learned that very early. When I was selling beats, I could get paid at 3 a.m. with my PayPal account, boom, you just got $29, this person purchased this beat. All I have to do is email that person and there was even ways to automate this process and that's where I fell in love with websites, the internet, selling stuff online. Once you get a taste of that kind of passive income, especially if you've worked a job before, uh, then you will never go back, simple as that. So with that said, let's jump into our list of the seven side hustles you could start today or start working on. And these all have the upside of earning six figures and there's many, many people online who have been earning this kind of money you can just go on youtube but we're going to talk about those today and the first one we're going to start with of course is affiliate marketing we have to do it it's on the podcast but just to talk about why affiliate marketing is great other than separating your time from money location freedom time freedom you also get to learn the skills of building a website learning sales copywriting content creation SEO, graphic design. I learned so many things, including actually video editing as well, because I was using YouTube as part of my strategy. And I learned all of these things just from pursuing an affiliate marketing business. And let's say things didn't pan out or things were not successful with affiliate marketing, I could actually take all of those skills that I had picked up in the process and apply it to other. Uh, side hustles and business models like freelancing like selling you know digital products and online courses you know i could do so much more thanks to that foundation that i had built and at the end of the day it's all about building up your skills i talk about rpg you know if you guys aren't familiar with video games role-playing games like in rpgs like runescape world of warcraft Final Fantasy. You have these levels, and you have these skill levels, and you can level them up. And I've been thinking about this analogy a lot lately, actually, because I have something to add to it. And so you can always work on your skills. Like let's say SEO is a skill. You start at level one. You suck. You're a noob. You don't know anything, and you can't get results. You keep working on that, and you level it up. Level it up to you know level two, three, four, five. Now the thing that's interesting, if you are familiar with video games which I hope some people who are listening actually are, um, or else this won't land with anybody. But in RPGs, there's this concept of a reroll. reroll Re-roll is when you can reset all your stat points and distribute them to make a new build. So the sad part about real life is there's no re-roll. You can't just take everything you learned in one industry and then reset it and apply it to like something else right so if you learn a bunch about real estate and you're like actually i want to get into software or software development you can't just flip a switch and boom all of a sudden now you are an expert software engineer so that's the sad part but the plus side is although there is no reroll in life you can build up your skills and you there's no cap to what you can learn. So there's no max level. You know, sometimes in some RPGs you only have like 30 skill points that you can distribute and then that's it. So you have to find the best way to make a build where you're only using 30 points. Now in life, the people who do really do incredible things, they tend to have a lot of skills but also maybe in one, you know, one specific discipline they put a ton of skill points. Like, you know, there's people who work from a child prodigy like, you know, um with chess, you know, the child prodigies and chess, like you have to start very, very young. It's very rare, just like in golf, you know, there's so many industries and, and uh, sports and stuff where if you didn't start when you were like eight years old, then, you know, tough luck. With an online business, it's not like that, thankfully. You know, you don't need to have these crazy talents that you were born with. Like, for example, LeBron James, you don't need to be born six foot eight, 240 pounds and incredibly explosive and athletic to do online business. That's the thing I love about why I say the Internet's a great equalizer, because you don't need to have like talents to be born with to succeed at this. So with that said, work on your skills. And so affiliate marketing, you know, you get to learn all those things. We don't need to talk too much more about that one considering, you know, you guys probably already know, but the next one's going to be freelancing. So um, the first thing I want to say about freelancing, there's actually another, you know, ex big tech uh, company person on YouTube, Aaron Jack used to work at Uber And he started freelancing and teaching other people to freelance. And he quit Uber in order to start having more freedom and teach and freelancing, basically software development for other companies. And so I think that that's so interesting that even people who work at like the biggest companies with these multi six figure salaries, they are leaving their job and they are just doing their own thing. And it takes a lot of courage. And it takes a lot of risks to do something like that. And he was even saying, everyone was like, you're crazy. Why are you leaving Uber? Like, you know, you get a great salary. You're with a big company. Uh, It's a great name that everyone recognizes. Why would you do that to do freelancing? And so at the end of the day, it's all about freedom. He wanted to move. He wanted to live across the world. He wanted to work remotely. He didn't want to go to the office anymore. So... With all that said, you know, I'm I keep seeing this pattern online and again, I consider these the best jobs in the world and if they are not happy, it must have to do with something with the freedom and the upside of controlling your fate and being able to choose how much you get paid. So freelancing. There's some marketplaces like Fiverr, I've mentioned before, I've also worked with and done sponsorship with them. But there's also Upwork for, you know, I think Upwork is a little more expensive than Fiverr, but it tends to be more skilled labor. It tends to be software development, you know, it tends to be jobs that are a little more serious, if you ask me. Fiverr is kind of like one off gigs for the most part, but you can still make a lot of money on Fiverr. There's, you know, there's, I've used Fiverr a lot. So I know as a sort of client, I've paid a lot of money for Fiverr services. And, you know, freelancing is so cool because it does have the freedom and flexibility, but Kit, you know, if someone was to just become a freelancer, wouldn't you say that there are some challenges because you're almost like your own, you are an entrepreneur, you are like your own yeah. business, you have to learn how to get your name out there, how to market yourself. What do you think about freelancing and some tips that if someone wanted to get into it, you know, what would determine, I would think like, you know, the market that they're in, for example, people are willing to pay more per hour for something like software development versus I don't know, maybe even voiceovers unless you have a really good voice and you're really good at marketing. I've paid good money like over a hundred dollars for some quick voiceovers that were done in like you know five ten minutes, but you know there's so many things you could do freelancing, but what do you think are some of the obstacles, and what do you think could help people succeed?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think one, a lot of the same things you're going to need to learn for affiliate marketing, you'll have to learn for freelancing, because like you said, you're kind of your own business. So there's definitely still a little bit of time for money with freelancing, depending on what you're doing. I think just like we've talked about before about niching down, it's really important in freelancing, if you're going to do something like freelancing, don't just say, hey, I do, you know, software, hey, I do logo design, you should pick a very a very specific specialty within that, because yeah. that what's that going to mean is when someone finds you, they're like, oh, wow, this person does this specific thing. And that will let you sort of build up a portfolio, especially when you're starting out. And I think it's also important to realize you can combine these side hustles. It's not that, oh, you pick one yep. and you must just do that. You can mix in a bit of both hey, maybe it's a funnel. Maybe you do affiliate marketing and you also some offer some freelancing services, but you you talk about whatever industry you're freelancing in and have some affiliate commissions. So I think really it's making sure you're niching down enough and really making sure you can build a process for whatever it is you do to have a quick workflow. If you're doing yep. hand-carved wood furniture, you either better be charging like $30,000 or have some kind of machine that can speed it up for you because you really need to be conscious of, well, at first you'll be happy to spend three hours doing something for 20 bucks. Down the line, you yep. won't be.
1: Yeah, you know, I can chime in here. When I was doing freelancing with mixing and mastering, audio engineering, you have to have a process in place so that you can do things very streamlined and efficiently. So an example of this is inside of Logic Pro, I would actually have these presets, these uh, plugins, and I would always use mostly the same plugins if it's like vocals, for example, and I mostly only did vocals. That's another thing. So... I would apply this preset as like a baseline, and most things would actually sound pretty good. But then I would have to tweak on top of that. But imagine I didn't make this template or this preset, and I started from scratch every single time. Then that would seriously double the amount of time I would have to spend. The other thing with freelancing, and you make a great point by the way. Like with freelancing, with affiliate marketing, you can mix and match all of these together and really generate that six figure income as a you know in aggregate. Now with freelancing social proof social proof is really big i noticed myself i was able to charge literally 10 times what i charged in the beginning because of having 20 plus five star reviews with my mixing mastering service you also get repeat clients who are happy with the work you did before and let's say they did one or two songs they're like okay i really like this i'm gonna do a whole album." With the album, I gave them a little discount, you know, 10, 20 percent, but I'm getting bulk work. I'm getting like 12, sometimes even like 24 songs in a single project, and I'm good with work for the month for the next two months or so. So doing really good work, making clients happy, you know, and basically, again, that's social proof, and, and that's marketing. At the end of the day, on these like Upwork, Fiverr, what I look for when I'm hiring services is I look at someone's reviews, I look at their portfolio. Learn how to make a good portfolio and how to present it. Now, it would help if you had a website. You could display a lot of your things and be like, check out my website, my portfolio here, all the projects I've worked on. But you know, on Fiverr and Upwork, you can like sort of show some of these uh, projects. You just link them. It's not very like, you know, you can, you can check some of them out. But anyways, freelancing is definitely very much overlapping with like affiliate marketing. You're learning how to sell. You're learning how to sell yourself. You're learning how to sell your services. You're learning how to upcharge as well. That's what I learned. Because over time, as you get more social proof, people are willing to pay more. As they're willing to pay more, you don't have to do as much work or as much clients to get the same amount of money. And it's better that way. You don't want to be working for the cheap, cheap clients that are asking for all these revisions and are such a pain. So freelancing, I think, is a great, great example. Obviously, some services are more... Um, higher premium than others. But then the next one is kind of interesting. I don't know if this is really qualifying as a remote job. I mean, as a uh, uh, side hustle, but working multiple remote jobs. I've been seeing videos on this. It's kind of like, I don't know if this is against, you know, the rules for a lot of companies, but if it's like part-time, and because of so much remote work these days, IT, tech support, customer support, I could imagine, and I've seen videos on this, so I know people are doing it, but I could imagine working multiple jobs that are perhaps part-time, they're remote, so you don't have to go into an office and you know clone yourself and go into two separate offices, anyone with a computer and who knows how to work a computer could juggle multiple remote part-time jobs, so... Kit, what do you think about this one? I think it's it's an interesting way to expand sort of it's, your income.
0: It's definitely interesting. I've heard of it sort of different industries because obviously certain jobs just require you to be more time sensitive. But I know a lot of IT people because a lot of those roles don't re- actually require that much work. And it was people getting bored at their main job being like, I really just have two hours to do what I could add on. Some DevOps and uh, uh, software engineers do it as well. And there's some other things, and whether it's teaching an extra class here or there, where people, once again, and sometimes it's about finding automation, there are people who figure out whatever their job is. Hey, I can kind of automate my job here. I can actually figure out ways to speed up. And, you know, using deep work and productivity, I can get my whole day's work done in two hours. And my company loves it, and I can go take on the job. But it's definitely high risk. And and obviously, the great part is double your salary. The downside is you're still trading time for yeah. money in In a way. So I think you do. And like you said, for some companies, obviously, it's it's can be against the rules. So it's sort of a gray area. Yeah. Um, But it is an option for for some specific careers.
1: I know a lot of full-time people who actually are doing freelancing. So they kind of, they don't do exactly like two jobs with two different companies, but they do one job with one main company and then they freelance on the side or they do consulting. And that's typically sort of the makeup I see when someone's doing a side hustle while having a full-time job. Uh, But honestly, you know what they say? The best time to get a job is when you already have one. The best time to start a business is when you already have an income source coming in. One of the worst places to be from, um, like in terms of position to start a business is when you you have no income coming in. Like that's a terrible place to be. You have a scarcity mindset. You need to make this work. I see people all the time who are like, I need to make 10 grand in three months or else. It's just like, Well, you need to get a job because business is the last thing you want to rely on as like a last ditch effort in order to make money. It's not like that. Like business is something that really, really requires you to be in an abundance mindset and to be able to uh, take a loss, to be honest. Yes,
0: because Mm -hmm. a lot of it is is setting it up for the future. You have to build it properly, you know, you have to pay your player salaries before you go win the championship, and it's the same in business. You need to invest in the website. You need yep. to invest in email marketing. All these basics you have to invest in to get the rewards later, and that's obviously much easier when you have a job.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, for the most part, how I really grew my affiliate business was when I was working a full time nine to five. And that actually even added some fuel to the fire because imagine commuting an hour in traffic every single day back and forth. So that's like two hours total. And then coming home tired, exhausted. I get it. Nine to five jobs are completely draining. But to use what little hours you have in the day when you come home, you eat dinner, and to build something. And then for that thing to, you know, grow and to pan out, you know, that is really something that is amazing and it's really what changed my life. Uh, But, you know, I know it's hard, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So moving on to the fourth side hustle and kind of clumping a few together. These are all like kind of separate things, but, you know, selling a course, a digital product and a paid newsletter. These are, you know, I consider all of this like selling a digital product or service or a productized service is what you could call some of this. And there's another example, another YouTuber. His name is Clement. I can't pronounce his last name, but he's an ex-googler. I also think he used to work for Facebook as a software engineer. He made a website to help software engineers to practice algorithms and prepare for the coding interview. I believe it's called Algo Expert. So that's pretty awesome. Here's a guy who basically created a website that's interactive and you know it's a little trickier than your average like WordPress blog, but basically it allows and helps other software engineers because he saw that there was a pain in the industry when these guys you know guys and girls and you know whoever was preparing for these interviews and for these uh, you know these algorithms and basically he was able to create an interactive website where you can you know like submit an answer and see if it's right or wrong and you can even you know do stuff within the browser so he literally applied what he had learned and the pains he had learned through going through that same process, interviewing and having to study, right? And he's able to help so many thousands of other people. And through that, I don't know what the revenue is. I would assume in the millions. And that is a great example of someone. And he only you know, worked at Google or Facebook maybe for two, three, maybe four years. I'm not sure, don't call me on that, but it, it couldn't have been too long. Um, and I just think that that is amazing. That again, the average tenure at Google is only 1.3 years, so chances are it was only a few years. Um, But yeah, courses. Creating a resource online it doesn't even have to be as crazy as like an interactive website. It could be something like a template. It could be something like a Notion template, which is an app where you can create templates and you know, a lot of people use it for note taking, but you can create all sorts of things like a budget template, share it with people, sell it online. I think some people even sell like Google Sheet templates. You know, you can make money doing that. There's so many things you can create. Um, online and then through, you know, different e-commerce like marketplaces and websites. Uh, Two of them would be like Etsy and Redbubble. Those are other ones for if you're more artsy, you do handmade art, you do digital design, stickers, Redbubble, Etsy. There's tons of videos on YouTube about people making thousands of dollars on these platforms if you're a little more artistic. Um, But you can do a lot, you can sell a lot of stuff on Etsy. You can sell all sorts of like trinkets and handmade, you know, crafts and things like that.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the great for the for Clement was that he used the job he was already in to build something out. We've talked about yep. that when you're picking your niche before. where It's like sometimes it's right in front of you. Yep. There are people who would love to work your job or maybe it's there are people in your industry who need help. You figured out better processes. You can really leverage that. And then it's great because you can even, you know, you're already experienced with this. So it's a very easy transition into that.
1: Exactly. That's a really, really great point you make. Sometimes the best opportunity is right underneath your nose. And actually, I've been talking to a few people who've been emailing in. Thank you guys so much. And been helping them out. And, you know, it's just awesome what people are building these days, the kind of brands that, you know, people are buying domains, building websites, and, you know, the things that they're sharing with the world is so awesome. And not one person can make every single niche website out there so to hear all the different backgrounds and the different industries and professions is so awesome and you should leverage that you know if you have that kind of expertise so moving on to the last three which i kind of clump underneath just the general idea of arbitrage so if you don't know what arbitrage is you know essentially when it's applied in businesses like these models we're going to discuss it's essentially getting a service or a product for cheap and then basically upcharging it or selling it for more buy low sell high but with things like services it could be things with like e-commerce products so The first thing that we're going to start with is talking about consulting, talking about selling services as like an agency. And a lot of people online, you know, you may have heard of social media marketing agency, SEO agency, all sorts of different agencies. I used to work at a marketing agency. So basically, with these agencies, they have clients and they typically pay more, you know, they're probably paying a retainer of roughly, you know, a few thousand dollars a month. So, this is going to be very, you know, business to business, but again, if you can create an agency and you can find a way to not only get the services done, which usually is arbitrage of like hiring people in sort of like outside of the US where labor is cheaper, but it's a fair wage, it's even better than what they would get paid locally in places like Poland, Brazil, you name it. So basically you would form a team like this that could deliver on the services. You would be the face of the company. And here's one thing that's underrated. A lot of people think that this is like a wrong business model, like it's unethical. But look, it is hard to communicate with U.S. customers in perfectly fluent English and to uh, basically portray the value proposition and to manage a team. It's not just like you're hiring these people on Upwork and then all of a sudden, like the people on Upwork are talking to your client and then you do nothing. You just go back to the shadows. You're the face. You're the one who has to uh, basically you know, answer for anything, whether it's bad performance, whether it's a lack of deliverables, you are the one who has to kind of do these client facing calls. Now you could hire people to do the calls and, you know, kind of be a manager, but at the end of the day, you are the CEO, the head honcho. So it is difficult and managing a team, if you've never managed people before, like multiple people, then, you know, that is a skill in and of itself and that's another skill that you get to learn managing people by hiring you know whether it's a freelancer a contractor or a full-time employee if you've never hired an employee before that's actually a pretty cool skill because most people go through their whole life they never have hired an employee they've never created you know an LLC or a business entity And so the more skills that you get, you're able to create a second, a third, a fourth business that much quicker, that much faster. And I don't think enough beginners are placing enough emphasis on the learning process. I think they are focused too much on the results of if this business doesn't make me Thousands of dollars, you know, the wrong expectations. Then it is hard to succeed because a lot of successful business people they may have tried uh, tried twenty different businesses and failed, and you never hear about them because at the end of the day, like Mark Cuban says, you only need one home run for everyone to forget about your misses and your losses, and that's all it takes. And I can attest to that. All it took me was one strong business to change my life and to make millions of dollars. So to move on to the next business model, number six, which is e-commerce, Amazon FBA, drop shipping. essentially most of this is going to be arbitrage. Well, not directly arbitrage because for those models, that would be like retail arbitrage where you buy something, let's say on another marketplace or literally in a store. And then you go sell it on like an Amazon, on like an eBay, if it's like a scarce item or or collectible or something like that, or even just You know, any sort of item where there's a discrepancy between the price you can get a discount on versus what people want to pay online. One example of this is like during the pandemic, when like hand sanitizer and gloves and, and masks and 95 masks specifically were very short supply. There were people who were throwing them up on Amazon and selling them for like 90, like $100 for like a pack of you know, hand sanitizer or even hand soap and things like that because of the shortages and you know basic economic supply and demand. That's how arbitrage works. Now for most arbitrage, like wholesale and things like that, you're only gonna be making like a 1, 2% profit margin, which to me is just not... That's not attractive or appealing to me. I like big profit margins from like mostly software-based things or just online digital business, digital product type things where there's no distribution. I don't have to ship out these products and these physical items. But to be honest it is a business model. You can go on AliExpress, Alibaba. You'll find so many products that people are paying like three, four, five times more on Amazon and just slapping their brand on it. Now, I personally am not attracted to that kind of business model. And I have a lot of students who come from those business models. They come to me saying, hey, I tried Amazon FBA. I spent like 10 grand. I made like 11 grand. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't worth it. Like It takes a lot of time takes a lot of energy and I just don't really see, like my heart's not in it. And they transitioned to something like affiliate marketing where they got a taste of it and they really, really loved it and wanted to double down on. Uh, But with that said, I think so many people can succeed with e-commerce if that's what you like. If you like to sort of uh, get these products, brand them, sell them on things like Instagram with Instagram ads, creating really cool like ad content and creative I'm all for that. That's awesome as well. Um, I just hope that with the product, it's a good product. At the end of the day, you know, you're slapping your brand on this. I hope there's some sort of iteration. You know, not just like you know, you're putting your logo on something, but really trying to improve upon that product to even use the product yourself. Uh, but yep, you know, e-commerce that is something that you can definitely look into. It requires a little more capital upfront. With something like an Amazon FBA, you would want to have around five thousand dollars to comfortably start. Yeah. Yes, you can start for cheaper, but with minimum order quantities and choosing the right product, which a lot of these businesses comes down to choosing the right product, the right niche, or else you're not going to make money, period. And that's why we talk about so much about niches on this channel and in my free courses and in my paid training. Um, You know, I talk about niches and and high profit margin, high ticket of fill marketing a lot. But moving on to our final one again, a form of like arbitrage, but it doesn't have to be arbitrage. Uh, But you can uh, look into real estate if you have a little more capital. Now, I guess you could clump in sort of stocks and investment, but a lot of that stuff is down right now. Crypto would have been another one, one that I personally was fascinated by, obviously during the bull run, like everybody else, but now it is a bit down and therefore the interest is much lower. But you know, across the board, getting excited about. All these different investments, you know, with real estate specifically, I mean, there's rental properties and then there's like Airbnb and to make it even less overhead, there's people who sublease Airbnb properties where like you, you know, it's like an apartment and then you're, you simply just are charging per night or per the week and you're trying to charge more than the rent, etc. But I mean, with real estate, the way it is, with stocks, the way it is, you know, it's, it's a precarious time, to be honest, because of the macro economy. But still, these are things that, hey, when the economy turns back up, you want to have a knowledge of where to put your money, where to put it in a vehicle that's going to generate you more money. If you're just buying things like a consumer and they have no upside of making money back, no ROI, no profitability, when you buy a business, you can actually make money back. You can actually watch that thing grow and uh, produce returns. When you buy a car, it's not going to do that for you. You know what I mean? So, removing yourself from, again, the consumer mindset and becoming a producer in this economy, whether you make things online, websites, software, content, products, courses, you need to become a producer, you know, if you want to set yourself up for the future. And in the future, most people who are left behind because they just didn't study up enough on how to use the internet which is just mind-boggling to me you know they need to start teaching this stuff in school uh next to basic financial literacy like credit scores and whatnot but you know with all that said Now is such a great time. It's never been easier to start a business. That's probably the last point I'm going to leave you guys with today. It has never been easier to start a business for those who grew up with the internet. And even if you didn't grow up with it, but you get access to the internet, you're using it right now. There's no excuse, you know, as much as I want to make a case that, you know, not everyone has the same opportunity, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Dude, if you have the internet and you're not utilizing it for good, then there is no excuse anymore pre internet yes it mattered what family you were born into it mattered what you know sort of capital you had it mattered getting press for your company or whatever. You don't need that. You can go directly to the customer today. You can go on YouTube. You can create a social media account and you can reach thousands of people, get thousands of impressions, if not millions. So now that the distribution channel is here, it's infinitely scalable. It's up to you to create something. And that's the thing that you need to do is you need to learn how to become a creator and create value in this economy if you want to succeed. So that basically wraps up this episode again. I'm really looking forward to jumping back on the YouTube content. Thank you guys so much for reaching out on the email. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us at support at odiproductions.com. We'd love to read your feedback, your questions. Thank you guys so much for the positive feedback you guys have been sending in. I really appreciate the support and thank you guys so much for listening. We hope to catch you guys again next week.